On today's Locked On NBA, Nick Angstead, Adam Morris here to talk about the games that happened in the NBA. You didn't watch them. We did, so we're going to tell you all about them. Steph Curry goes Hopefully down. Hopefully they watched them, Nick. I think they might have watched them. Some people you might, probably we watched may have them. watched one. We watched the rest of them, I think. I did watch the rest of them, yep. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. A wild Mavericks game I'll break down. Wild Bulls, Knicks finish. Wild Grizzlies, Warriors finish. All kinds of stuff we'll get into on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day minute of overtime. John Morant's hesitation. There was absolutely nothing there. And he created something. Welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, and joining me as always on a Friday from DNVR and Locked On Nuggets. What you got for me, Adam Mares? This was a great night in the NBA. Uh, a lot of great games, a good schedule, a good slate. We're lucky we get to break down this night. Oh, it was fun. There were some fun games, weird games. That that Mavs Spurs game, I'll, I'll break yeah. it all down for you, but that was a weird game. Uh, Wizards destroyed the Hawks. Lots of stuff to get into. This episode of Lockdown NBA is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to all of our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, let's get into these games. We'll start with uh, maybe the wildest game, the Knicks versus the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks get the win 104 to 103. DeMar DeRozan had a shot at the end to get it. He, he couldn't get it down. Right before that, Julius Randle missed two free throws at yep. the end. Uh, this is this is like the new like two new powers in the East. I'm not sure if they're like the top powers or anything like that, but two teams that kind of emerged over the last couple of years as they were terrible for a long time, and now they've got some pretty good teams. The Knicks are back. The Bulls are back, baby. Um, yeah, this was a great game. This was a really good game. I was so impressed. With the Knicks and how they played, I was so impressed with the Bulls and how they closed. This was one of those games where the Knicks kind of held a steady lead the entire game. It would balloon up to 10, 12. Uh, Chicago would close the gap to 4 or 5, then it would balloon back up. Um, but it was just a great all-around game. My notes on this one, Julius Randle tonight, if you just look at the box score, 13 points, 16 rebounds, 9 assists. I guess that is pretty impressive. But you look at 13 points and maybe you think uh, had a bit of an off night. What jumped out to me, of course, the most improved player of the year last year, the, his ability to control the offense, you know, there's good passers, guys that learn how to make good passes. And then there's guys that understand how to manipulate a possession and kind of run the show. And I think Julius Randle has really morphed into the second version of that, almost a point forward. Uh, and I just, this game, I was so impressed with him other than missing two free throws in the <laughs> final minute that would have uh, pretty much clinched it. Yeah. And the irony of him missing those two shots at the end going three of 11 is his ability to like add that jumper made him the most improved player last year and has opened yeah. up so much more. It basically became their entire offense. And when that wasn't going down in the playoffs, they just couldn't score. And so now they add these two guys and Fournier and Kemba and they have guys that can actually shoot around him. But when you, when you add that as a player for Julius Randle and teams all of a sudden know that, all right, he's a 40% three point shooter. Now he's a guy that can shoot off the dribble. He's a guy that can hit a mid range shot. We have to respect that. It opens up so much more yeah. for your team uh, but, yeah, but i think it's, it's, even it's like of his development yeah but even before like even last year for large portions of it i think he'd be a guy that you're always in attack mode and then if you see a guy you kick it out or you make mm -hmm. the pass or whatever i think now he's understanding like 
how to attack knowing how the defense is going to react. And that's really what a, a game manager, really a point guard does. And now we're seeing more point play from other positions, not just the guard spot. And I think he is one of the more impressive ones in that, to be honest. Uh, I'm also in love with the uh, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso trio. Mm. That's a hell of a trio from a backcourt. And of course, almost two two of them are on the court almost at all times, but they closed with all three of them. And I thought it was a great look, a great defensive unit. Um, all of them. Caruso is, is a much improved passer. Um, you just have a little bit of everything with them. So I, this was a great game. I was impressed with both teams. Uh, I was unimpressed with Julius Randle closing it at the foul line and even <laughs> more unimpressed with DeMar DeRozan going to Nairball. And let me ask you this. Zach Levine's on that team. DeMar DeRozan's on that team. Are you surprised and or bothered at all that DeRozan was the guy who got his number called for the final shot. Here's the thing that's going to happen with the Bulls. If DeRozan misses the shot, it's yep. going to be, why <laughs> yeah. didn't Zach Levine get the shot? I think I saw it after, right after the game. I was, I, was, I had it on this, my second screen. I looked up and it said, yeah. why, did De, why did Zach Levine not get the ball? And if Zach Levine misses a shot, it's going to be, why didn't DeRozan? Yeah. He's older. He's the veteran. He's the one that's hit more game winners in his career and all that. It's going to be that kind of back and forth. But yeah. I love that lineup too. That lineup with DeRozan at the four, Vooch at the five. Yep. Like oh, That's just so much. You have a lot of perimeter defense. And yep. then you have a lot of like just shot makers, bucket makers kind of guys. Yeah. Last note I have on this one, uh, Joe Kim Noah is be, has was honored in, during this game, and he is now a team ambassador for the Chicago Bulls, which I think is kind of cool. I like Joe Kim Noah. Uh, Joe Kim Noah says some stuff. He says he says some <laughs> he wild talk. stuff sometimes. He, does talk. uh, he talked on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast. You can go you can go listen to that if you're interested. Uh, all right, another game that was a, a wild finish was this. Golden State Warriors, Memphis Grizzlies finished. John Morant and the and the Warriors, uh, or John Morant and the Grizzlies finished off the Warriors. Yep, and John Morant does stuff every single game where you're like, oh, wow. oh, dang. Like at the end of this game, there was four seconds left, 4.8 seconds left. The Grizzlies had a three-point lead, and John Morant, the, the ball was inbounded to him in the backcourt. And a Warrior player ran at him, and John Morant just matrixed and, uh, and avoided the, the like the take foul or the the uh, the yeah. foul to, to get him to the free throw line. He just does stuff every single game where you're just amazed. Thirty points in this game, seven boards, four assists or five assists, four steals. Uh, man, he's having quite a season. The escape part at the end there was really cool, but I don't know if I would make that in the top two or three things that he did just in the <laughs> in the in the clutch. I mean, he had a thirty foot three pointer. Uh, in the fourth quarter, that was just incredible. It was a clutch three-pointer, um, and it was one of those. It was like a logo three. Is John Morant adding the logo three to his game? Uh, and then he also just had this incredible spin move. And to call it a spin move undersells it. It was like a hezzy, double hezzy cross spin. Like It was just an incredible move where he weaved basically in between three players to get a, another clutch bucket there in overtime. Um my, this is my biggest note, Nick, from this game. And there was a lot of great stuff that had. This is another great game. John Morant is making a leap, and he was already mm. a great player. Mm. I think he is – the way he has played so far out the gate this season, of course, it's very early. He is starting to look like a guy that maybe is actually one of the guys, one of the 15 guys that really can change things. He's looking that good that he might be elevated a lot. He, he might be a guy that moves higher on the sort of overall league-wide rankings, whatever you want to call it. Than just about anybody else in the top 50. He looks phenomenal. He looks like a superstar. He takes some of these matchups personally, too. Where like Everyone. He, he takes every, like almost every single one of them. Like, yeah, if he's going up against LaMelo, he's like, I'm going to take this guy down yep. because everyone's talking about him and they're not talking about me. And I'm just going to. 
I'm taking on Curry. All right, I'm gonna take a 30 foot three point shot. I, I honestly <laughs> think there's something to that, man. You like you laugh, but I kind of feel there was a little like going up against Curry. I'll shoot the deep three tonight and make it. Uh, the wings too, and 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 Jaron Jackson Jr. Like having those guys, yeah. Melton kind of take a little bit of a step forward. Desmond Bain in this game, 19 points, six boards, five of 11 great. from three. Like ugh. he was great. Him and, and Melton Mavericks just just missed on him and it, it, it hurts my soul. <laughs> Melton was great. He had a huge block on Draymond there towards the end. Uh, Kyle Anderson had a big block late in this game. I mean, they just have a lot of guys that you count on. And even Steven Adams, who doesn't play a ton, he only plays 21 minutes tonight. Even he just like, everybody on that team kind of has a role and they know it and they and they play it. And I, I just really love that Memphis Grizzlies uh, team as a team. I like the way they fit. Yeah, yeah. And they can close with Jaron Jackson at the five, which is huge yep. for them because that spacing, you need that for a guy like John Morant. Uh, yeah, you just need that kind of stuff. He missed seven threes, but still, he's out there taking 10 threes as the center, right. and that is huge for a team spacing. Absolutely. Uh, on the Warriors side of things, are we nervous? Are we, wor- are we worried? Are we worried about the Warriors? Curry, 36 points, seven of 20 from three. Well, let's see. Uh, are we worried? They were the second to last team to be undefeated. They now move all the way down to four and one. I'm going to say no, not worried about them just yet. This was a great game. It was a good team. They kind of got the short end of the of, – of, it was a 50-50 game that they ended up losing. Um, but, no, i actually very impressed with them, and I think they get a lot of contributions from Poole, from Bielitsa, uh, Toscano Anderson, even Damian Lee tonight. So they just have a lot of guys as well. Um, they just lost a 50-50 game. Yeah, yeah, no. It, but when they don't have a guy like like Poole or, or Wiggins – I guess Wiggins had 16 points, but if Poole doesn't – doesn't pull his own weight like if he doesn't do that great work great work what else we got and if damian lee doesn't lead them in scoring (laughs) off the bench (laughs) you got any more you got one more (laughs) and if they can't get anything else like if no i got nothing moody maybe if they're in a bad Uh, moody uh no be hell leads no i gotta go if they don't get one of those guys to to give them 20 points or 15 points or something like that they're they're struggling to find some more offense well, uh, Steph Curry, kind of tonight, stuff. honestly, Steph Curry missed all of his three. One of the storylines from this one, I, Steve Kerr does this sometimes. Uh, Steph Curry did not play until the final th- like four minutes of the fourth quarter. He didn't come back <laughs> into the game. So he misses the first eight minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it happens, and then he came in, he couldn't hit a shot. I don't know if he scored a, or knocked down another three-pointer in both the final four minutes or overtime, and um honestly one of those goes down golden state wins this one but he just he he came in cold yeah and it becomes a whole different conversation probably at that point a bunch of other games to get to we'll get to Mavs spurs a wild game we'll get to hawks wizards the wizards man they're they're looking pretty good we'll talk about those teams of course we have our power ranking in uh, segment three you're not gonna want to miss it this episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll get dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries, McFlurries, McDoubles, uh, McChickens, McNuggets. What other mixed stuff do they have? They got all kinds of mixed stuff. McFlurry. McDonald's is so well known. It had me calling Mick everything when I was a kid. Can I get McNuggets? We're at Wendy's. No, we, <laughs> I want McNuggets. Okay, we're going to go there. Uh, go there after a game. Go there for a watch party. Locked on NBA watch party. Locked on Nuggets. Locked on Mavs, maybe. Uh, lots of stuff you can get at McDonald's. Go stop at one. They're all, they're all over the place. You can't drive anywhere without passing a couple of them. Stop by. Get some stuff. Ba-do-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. All right, Adam Mares, let's get into the rest of these games. Hawks-Wizards, I did catch a little bit of this. 
Um, the Wizards get another win, and like <laughs> Montrez Harrell is just doing regular regular season Montrez Harrell things <laughs> in this game. Twenty five <laughs> points, thirteen boards, five assists, two steals. He had like he had ten and ten with four assists at the half. Yeah, uh, he's just, he has been really important for them. I, I listen to Lockdown Wizards and feel like every single post game they're like Montrez Harrell showed up big. Montrez Harrell yeah. really like fueled this team. There's something about uh, he's just working for this team. I mean, he's got a huge, a great motor, and they've got a lot of spacing. It really works. You know, obviously defensively he can be an issue, but guess what? Wes Unsell Jr. has that team playing. Uh, you know, playing pretty pretty great. Four and one start. Listen to this win profile at Toronto, Indiana, at Boston, and now Atlanta. That's four really good wins. That's not four wins against, you know, you got the Pelicans, you got the Magic, this or that. No, that's four pretty pretty impressive wins right there. And this one they did without Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, mm-hmm. So, and at one point in this game, they were in the second half, the Wizards were up 20 points. So they kind of blew it towards the end. Um, but, you know, they, they still were able, they still managed to kind of close this one and, and, and get the win. But they look really good. They look really impressive. Another note I have from the last one I have, Five technical fouls in this game. It was a little, <laughs> little, little chippy. Going back and forth. Yeah, you can. There's a there's a couple guys that can go off in this game. The, the Hawks team can get heated when they get when they get going. I think Davis Bertans picked up a tech even. Like it was it was weird, man. <laughs> was oh, don't put it past the Latvians to get to get fired up about <laughs> something. Uh, also, the other thing that I noticed from this game, all three of the players that the Lakers traded to the Wizards for for Russell yeah. Westbrook started and all had twenty points. Like yeah, they all contributed in big Caldwell, ways and Pope, have. Oh, yeah, Montrez, Harold, Kyle Kuzma. You're and right. Kuzma. Yep, look at that. All three of them. Like, t- I mean, far be it from us to do an extra Lakers segment when we don't have to. But, <laughs> like the Lakers just lost this trade so bad. Well, what's funny is you even go to the Bulls game. You know, Lonzo and Caruso were fantastic. Julius Randle, as I mentioned, was fantastic. All the ex-Lakers. Um, it's like their careers began when they leave leave Los Angeles. It's crazy. <laughs> something about it i don't know it's the the it's the spotlights over streetlights maybe that's what they're doing i'm, I'm happy though for wes unsell jr man yeah. i mean any new coach and he's a great guy obviously he has ties to the uh, wizards organization through his father and even where he got his start so i think it's great five and one start uh, that's fantastic on the hawk side of things john collins he had 14 points at half finished with 28 points 12 boards three assists uh 14 of 16 from the field and john collins this year uh in the first game against the Mavs and then throughout the season has just been doing a little bit more. He didn't hit any threes or he didn't hit, take any threes in this game, but he's just been doing a little bit more shot creation yeah. for himself, pull up jumpers in the mid range. He's just added that to his game and become such a more effective player. I saw uh, Josh Eberly on Twitter post like uh, a, a poll he did in 2019. Who do you think will be a better NBA player? Like in like going into the future now. John Collins or Kristaps Porzingis. And it was like 80% Kristaps Porzingis. And now it might be flipped the other way around just because of you know the work that John for Collins sure. has done. For sure. Well, and not just for that. Also for the work Kristaps Porzingis has not done. But yes. I was going to let I, you say that instead of me. <laughs> not to rag on your guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the Hawks sometimes I feel like don't take some of these matchups seriously. They feel like, all right, we've arrived and we're just going to sh- kind of just show up and see if we can, you know win this without trying too hard maybe the wiz are just good man i mean honestly like, I, would, yeah, I would say that too but I, I don't know the wizards are starting to stack these wins up maybe they're here's it's one of the things about the nba right now you know it, it can be hot starts this stuff often will be crazy for a month before you know the dust kind of settles but um there every team's good minus like three or four every team is good and the wizards just might be a little bit better than we expected 
to another team we thought was probably terrible and might actually be pretty decent or at least scrappy. The San Antonio Spurs versus the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks get the win 104-99. If you look at that game, you're like, oh, well, the Mavericks, you know, kind of took the lead in the fourth quarter. But then you're like, oh, my gosh, the Mavericks were down 23-3 to to start this game. Just What the heck happened? An abysmal, an abysmal start. What happened was the Mavericks, so Chris Porzingis was out in this game. The Mavericks have been going with double bigs to start every single game. And this time they finally went with my, apparently my guy now. I've, I've become the Reggie Bullock, like leader in the clubhouse uh, right. ask, after I asked Jason Kidd that question. Uh, he starts the game. And so they go with Dwight Powell as the lone big, the lone starting center. And they just tried to go Luca, Dwight Powell, pick and roll just the entire time. They just kept, like the beginning of the game, they went, I, Four or five times, six times wow. to start the game. And Luca just couldn't get any passes to Dwight. It was, he's, he's sort of his safety net at some times. Couldn't mm. get it there. Jakob Pertl's really good at defending the rim, and Yac- Dwight couldn't get anything going on Jakob Pertl. They've got the Spurs have these two wings in DeJounte Murray and Keldon Johnson that are just long and really good defenders. DeJounte Murray, a guard, but. Derek White, Lonnie Walker, super quick, and they're just running around the place. Like they have a really good defense. They they stay where they're supposed to on defense, and the Mavericks just could not get anything going early. And then Jalen Brunson came in. Oh, it was so great. Jalen Brunson came in and he changed the game. He just he his speed, the way that he uh, was able to push the pace in a way that Luca doesn't usually like to do, really changed the game. And then they went to Maxi Kleba as the lone big man in certain lineups. Maxi finished with twelve points, ten boards. Four threes and six blocks for Maxi. That has only happened in the NBA. Uh, six blocks and four threes. That's only happened 16 other times in NBA history. A guy wow. do that. That's uh, crazy. Porzingis did it once. Brooke Lopez a couple times. Carl Anthony Towns, Jaron Jackson, Anthony Davis, uh, guys like that. Sean Marion. Robert Ory did it in 1996. Huh. But yeah, it, it barely ever happens. He's a very. Uh, Maxi Kleber, right amongst all those. those, those right great. amongst all those is Maxi Kleber and Al Horford and. Uh, all those guys. But yeah, uh, incredible impact from him defensively. And then Luca came in and closed it. Luca was awful in the first quarter and the first half. And then he came in and he's, he's like, has these games sometimes where he's just terrible. He looks bad. He's thrown turnovers. He's kind of thrown a fit because the refs aren't calling stuff for him. And then he finishes with 25 points, five assists. And you're like, oh, he's he's fine. <laughs> Still looks like Close a rough game. game, and from what I saw, this one, this this one in in uh, the Utah one, I'm sure we'll talk about next. The two I missed tonight, but um, I did I did catch a little bit of that fourth quarter down the stretch, and I was kind of surprised at how much he was kind of complaining down there when they had command of the game. Um, clearly, he was irritated tonight for something. Yeah, there was a couple refs that just like if they just miss stuff early. Anytime they miss stuff after that, he just, it just irks him in a different way than yeah. than anybody else. Uh, mm. Sneaky so you this- mentioned real quick. You mentioned San Antonio, though. I just got to because you you said they might be good. They're one in four. And listen to this: they beat Orlando opening night at home. Okay, they lose to Denver in a real close game. I mean, they they battled. They go on a back to back to uh, to Milwaukee again. Battle. They go to Los Angeles and they lose in overtime again. That was they a heartbreaker. And then they have Dallas, and again they battle. So mm-hmm. they're one in four. But it's like, hey, that's a pretty there's four moral victories i guess wrapped <laughs> up in there i mean what a they i they're a better team than one and four they probably deserve better but um they no, should have won that lakers game too that oh, they missed yeah. four free throws down the stretch anyway we don't have to go back. nba's good man i'm telling you it's good every night oh. a one and four team and i'm like yeah they're a good team uh 
Well, a team that is not good, <laughs> the, Houston, yeah. the Houston Rockets, man, uh, they lose to the Utah Jazz 122-91. to The Utah Jazz just take care of business. And uh, the Rockets led twice in this game. They had two leads, one at the very start of the game and then in the middle of the first quarter, and then just never led again. This Jazz team knows how to take care of business, run guys out. And this Jazz team is so equal that like i think their leading sc- yeah, the leading scorer was bogdanovich with 19 points and a bunch of other guys at double digits they just have these games yeah. every once in a while where everybody contributes seven players in double figures yeah to your point they were up 32 18 at the end of the first quarter 61 to 40 at the half uh, i just said everybody in the nba is good except for three or four teams rockets definitely one of those teams <laughs> and then kevin porter jr tonight in the first half rolled his ankle did not return um so kind of something Tough. to monitor set your fantasy lineups appropriately i guess um but yeah this is arguably the best team in the NBA right now versus arguably the worst team. And it went exactly as you'd expect. Exactly as you'd expect that one to go. Uh, Last one here, the Pistons versus the Sixers. The Sixers get the win 110 to 102. And, uh, but it was close at the end. It it really came down to it. The the Pistons were scrapping hard at the end, uh, but the Sixers end up getting the win. Yeah. So this one was actually a blowout. And then uh, the Pistons came storming back. I mean, this was a game that you thought was going to be over, you know, heading into the, you know, the final minutes, but then Detroit made a late push to to kind of make it uh, honorable, I guess, if you will. Joel Embiid <laughs> at one time, my only note I have here, he has 30 points, 18 rebounds. He was dominant. For some reason, he got into it with Garza. Luca Garza just got under his skin, and it really riled him up. He went on like a 12-0 scoring run personally. Uh, Garza at one point tried to help him up, and Embiid wanted no help. He was taking this very personally. And one thing I will say, I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm calling him out. I'm being the hater here. Joel Embiid loves – it reminds me of Kevin Garnett. He loves to pick fights with the worst players. So I, He picked it with Andre Drummond. I don't know if that makes a, a case. No, that. that's to my point, actually. <laughs> yes, we're talking about 76ers – now 76ers backup center Andre Drummond. Yes. Uh, that's my point. He does seem to uh, always find the weakest <laughs> foes to uh, to really try to go at. He has the classic thing with Westbrook, though. I don't know if that one that one's maybe a little step up. Yeah, okay. He's won an MVP. Doesn't Luca Garza like he should have gone to Duke, right? Doesn't it seem like he should have <laughs> yeah, that look. I'll like, tell you what, he definitely looked rattled tonight when Embiid was like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm going to torture you," and he's like, "Crap." <laughs> he hit two threes though. Shout out to him. Uh, Shouts to Luca Garza. Uh, yeah. So the. The Sixers end up taking care of business, though, even though the uh, Pistons came back. Still no Cade Cunningham. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little nervous. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know to be nervous or not. I mean, when he comes back, he'll be joining the only. Is are they the only team that does not have a win at the moment? Um, so, yes, yeah, uh, I, the Spurs have one. Thunder got one against the Lakers. Yeah, so there, yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Um, arguably though, another contender for worst team. I really think there's only a few bad teams. I would say the Orlando Magic are bad. Yeah, I would say Detroit Pistons are bad. I think the Thunder are bad, although they play hard, and the Rockets are bad. Outside of that, the other teams are pretty good. Yeah, they've all got something. They've all either got you know, a, a, something, a yeah. potential all-star. They've got fighters. You know, they got somebody. So, all right, coming up, let's get into our power rankings. We're ranking we being <laughs> Adam is ranking his favorite things in the NBA so far this season. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Do you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? They actually have one. As we're recording this, there's a countdown meter on their website right now. If you go to built.com, there's a countdown meter. And a new flavor is coming out right now. A brand new flavor, a mystery flavor. So you have to go to built.com. Check out what the mystery flavor is going to be. I don't even know what it is yet. Go check it out. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. And if you don't get the mystery flavor, you can get all the, the classic ones they have right now. Mint brownie, always a solid one. 
That bar, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar, and a bar covered in 100% chocolate. They also have the puffs. It's a very different type of bar. It's got the marshmallow in it. You can check out those yeah. as well. Get built bar. Man, you're not, you weren't lying. 55 minutes till this new flavor. I'm going to have to set my watch. Dave, it, it says our new flavor will keep you guessing. I don't know what it is. It's got mm. question marks all over it, but pumpkin check spice. it out. Built, they just came out with a pumpkin puff one. So maybe yeah. pumpkin mm. check it out. Built.com. Also, I want to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. You can bet on all kinds of NBA stuff. You can bet on, uh, let's see if they have the, uh, the game tomorrow, the Dallas Mavericks versus the uh, the Nuggets. I don't think they do because Jokic is out, and I don't think they'll want to mess with that one. But yeah. uh, if you want, oh, Lakers Nets on Christmas Day. They have the Christmas Day odds already. Oh, wow. Lakers, one-point favorite at home against the Nets right now. Both teams not necessarily doing the best. How are you feeling about that one? Um, I don't care. Give me the nets in that one. They'll cover that. They'll cover that one point spread. Go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus to first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Adam Ares, let's get into the power rankings. Every week, we like to have some fun on Fridays. We like to, to get our power rankings on. We do something weird. This time, we're doing your favorite things in the NBA. The favorite things this season, we're a week into the season, a full week. We're actually, I think, 10 days into the season. Mm. I already have things that have defined the season that I like. Number five, and you have to remember, I'm a hater. You just asked me, Nets, Lakers, Christmas, what do you want? I said, (laughs) I don't care. Number five, the Nets and Lakers suck. Yes, this is incredible. I'm all for it. Uh, Coming into the year, I think the Lakers, look, Coming in, I said this, a lot of people have said this, like that Lakers team, they're going to be good by the end of the year, but I don't know if they're dominant, like, oh, they a can't-miss team, and I now we're seeing that. They have some flaws. The Nets, though, were the team, everybody, even with the Kyrie stuff, you yeah. thought, man, they're still this Harden, it's Durant, they've got great pieces around, so much shooting, but they just do not look great right now. James Harden in particular does not look great, so that's my thing. I, you go into a year thinking, oh, it's going to the story's already written, the script's already written, maybe not so fast. Both these teams are old as hell, like mm. so old out there. They're throwing out lineups like, like Mello is closing games for them. Mello's yeah. like, been around forever. Paul Millsap go, goes out there and they're like, "All right, try to give us ten minutes, Paul." And he's like, "No, I, I can I, I can I rant by the way about this Mello thing?" And again, maybe this is the haters' ball. And I'm just top ten score here. in NBA history, top, Adam. Top number your, nine, I believe. Yeah. Apologies should be as loud as your disrespect. So people will do this when he has that great night, what he had earlier earlier yeah. this week, right? I mean, he really was fantastic in that game where he we took the lead, like twenty seven points, I think. Yep. And then everybody says, "Oh." And some people said he was done or, you know, some people didn't think he did this. And then the next night he comes out, air balls a game winner, can't can't throw the ball in the ocean. And nobody say anything. Can we just admit Carmelo can score sometimes? That's his role on this team is sometimes he's going to be hot. <laughs> Most of the times he's not. And that's just what it is. We don't have to every time he's good, bring it up. Every time he's bad, bring it up. Like that, that, he's a bit player at this point. The fact that they have LeBron Mello and Westbrook, all who have fans that do this for their team, <laughs> every right? Like, time, at, yeah. like, or for their for that player at some point, like how they had they hit every single one of those on the bingo card is pretty insane. <laughs> uh, this team and they'll close lineups with like Josh Reeves closing the game, and then it's like Baysmore, <laughs> and you're like, what is going on with this team? Sometimes it's a weird then, team. It's a very yeah, weird, team. really weird. And then James Harden just doesn't he hasn't looked the same so far this season. Maybe well, let's, maybe well, it's well, 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 let's just hold up. Let's just hold up. We might have something else in later on in this power ranking. All right, we'll, um, we'll get into that next. 
Number four, I, I put this as the fans are back, but I think it's more than that. We kind of take for granted. We, I know we had them at the end last year, you know, with the playoffs or this or that. But what I would say is that I am smacked – like you're, you can't escape the fact that this year feels different from the last two in part because the games are just spaced out a little bit more, but there's fans. It just – it feels regular again for the first time. Last two years have not felt regular. This season is starting to feel a lot more regular. Now, I know, you know, you, you're credentialed. I'm credentialed here in Denver. We still have – there's masks and there's rules and there's kind of – there's still some awkwardness. There's Zooms and everything else. But it feels significantly more regular than the last two years have, and, and it, that's a great thing. Oh, getting to go to a stadium and getting to sit in there, feel the energy from the crowd, getting to hear you know the PA announcer and getting to see the, can this guy win free Whataburger for a year, <laughs> right? Like getting to see stuff like that. It, it, it's awesome that it's back. I love it. Yeah. Um, number three, I'm cheating a little bit because I already said the Nets and Lakers being bad was one of my part, my favorite parts. But the other part of this is just parody. And okay, we're only five games in here, so maybe I'm, I'm jumping the gun on this a little bit. But Charlotte Hornets, New York Knicks, Chicago Bulls, Washington Wizards, all four and one right now. Who had that? And by the <laughs> way, it looks sustainable. Like they're good. And yeah. as I just mentioned, you know, you go top to bottom, you go down to non-playoff teams right now, the Indiana Pacers one and four, San Antonio Spurs one and four. Those are good teams. Uh, I just They've love how like eight overtime games between the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that. I'm looking when I look at the Nuggets schedule and I'm like, let me see, does it get hard? And I go through and I'm like, ooh, November's tough. Yeah. November's tough. January's tough. Wait, maybe the NBA's just tough. They're all good teams. I think it's a, uh, this is probably the most, the 23rd best team in the NBA this year is probably better than any 23rd best team I've seen in the last <laughs> 20 years. That is a take right there. Put it on, put it on the, the social media post. Put it on a quote. Let me find oh, out. Man. Hold on. Just for, just for the 23rd uh, team for this year. I'm just going to look at it here and see. It is the Clippers. The Clippers. The Los right Angeles now. Clippers. The 23rd best team. That team's team. pretty good. They're pretty good. Um, all right. Yeah, number yeah, everybody's just Everybody's just got something this year. Number two. This one could have easily been number one. Maybe it should have been number one. But number two. I am in love with this new generation of talent. The new yes. players coming into the NBA, whether they they're rookies, um, you know, like like the brand new players onto the scene. Um, we got Scotty Barnes doing some interesting stuff. Mm. We got uh, Giddy, who's kind of interesting. You yeah. just got, you got Duarte, who I like his style. You got the, those guys, but then even the new generation. I consider I I put John Morant in that group. You know those types of players, your Lucas, whatever. I just there's so many players that I like from that are 24, 25 and under that um, they're all starting to shine and really become great players, not just good players, but great players. And I love it. They just come in so smart too. Like you watch Evan Mobley and you're like, Mobley just can defend example. already. You're like, oh my gosh, wow! So, like watch this guy defend. So here's what's interesting about this is the league started to change around 2010, 11, 12, and really in earnest in 2015 with the Warriors. What you're getting now is a generation of players who hit their most important developmental years, you know, that 17, 18, 19, 20, after that point, after 2015. So you have this new wave of players that were sort of molded into this style of basketball, not converted to it, but molded in it. And I, that, I think that's part of why we're seeing such great players. The game, in my opinion, has gotten a lot more dynamic where you have to be more well-rounded. And that's why you see a guy like Mobley who's able to contest, what, 100 shots through four games or something like that. Plus jump shots like every game. Yeah, he's just all <laughs> over the place. And that's a thing that I think if 
if he was coming up in 2006-7, maybe doesn't venture outside the paint very much, but he's a guy that watched the NBA evolve and grew up practicing that kind of stuff. And I just, I think it's really cool to see. I love this new generation. Yeah. There's lots of guys to love. There's, there's guys like buried on teams too, like Cam Thomas on the nets. You're like, he's not getting any play this year. And he's just a guy that microwave score. If you were to tell me like my top, my 50 favorite players to watch, I would guess about half of them are 24 or under. Wow, which is kind yeah. of crazy, you know, like I really there's a lot of young players I really enjoy watching. Yeah. And and some of them have been like aged out, too, where you're like, can't play those guys anymore because either they're big guys that don't shoot threes or they, you know, haven't yeah. developed in, or haven't developed their game in a certain way. It's just they're kind of getting pushed out too. number one. Are you ready for it? Oh, I'm ready. You already know what it is. The new rules. They're actually being implemented, Nick. We didn't know. We had this debate a month ago. I think you were a skeptic. You said, I don't know. They'll do this for a week or two. And look, it's only been It's only been 10 days. It's only been 10 days, so we might still be right. But it has been high profile, the amount of plays, those Mm. jumping sideways, those stop on a full run, stop, stick your butt out, and try to fall over. These plays, what I love about them is refs, there have been situations where refs have called offensive fouls on these, but mostly – Refs just kind of look at the dudes and are like, that's, that's out. <laughs> that's and it's almost yeah. like shameful when James Harden grabs somebody's arm and flails, and then a ref just looks at him and he's like, what? And it's just, it's so refreshing. I, it, here's the thing I think, this is why I think it's going to stick. The NBA, it's, they're slow to make rule changes because rule changes are so big and you don't know the feedback. I think that these rule changes have been so universally praised in this opening week that the rules committee <laughs> has to be sitting back and going, sweet. What else can we do? Get rid of the Euro foul? Yeah. Should we get rid of that? Should we get rid of fouling uh, when you're up up three Should with final seconds? Should we get rid of things that make the game more boring um, and, and sort of game the system? So I, the new rule changes have made this season significantly better. And what's funny, scoring is down quite a bit. It's down for like over the last five years, scoring has been so inflated. Scoring is down and everybody's happier. All fans are happier. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a play in the, the Mavs Spurs game where Bryn Forbes goes up for a three. Brunson like does that closeout where he, he's 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 perpendicular from the basket from him and runs towards him from the side and just like runs in front of him and Bryn Forbes kicks his leg out and he falls down and he's like, Oh, and he looks over at the ref and the ref just looks at him and like shrugs. And Bryn Forbes made the three and they just like shouldn't have stuck playing. your leg out. Yeah, like just I kept playing. Work. And I was like, oh, thank you. I, it probably should have been called an offensive foul because he kicked Brunson in the stomach. <laughs> Part of me likes them just not calling anything because the, yeah. the players are so indignant about it. Um, it. It's pretty funny. But like I said, it, most players, I think, will begin to adjust. And I think most players actually already have begun to adjust. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think there's probably other things going on with James Harden right now. Like I, oh, he yeah. doesn't look healthy. But I do think there's also a little part of this where it's like he of all people game that system the most. And now he's he's the one that I have the most examples of trying to do this stuff and not getting it. Like most guys have tried it once or twice. And they're like, oh, OK, I guess they're not calling it. James Harden's yeah. done it like 30 times. And he's like, what? <laughs> not not, a, not this guy. This is my thing. I've been doing this yeah. for like 10 years now. Best scorer ever or something. Whatever. I, I think, what I think Nate Duncan did like a 15 tweet thread of all a bunch of examples of Harden trying to do stuff like this. It's, I love so it. People I are going to do it, it all season. Players Luka love had, it too. Do you see Kyle Kuzma was tweeting about it? Like players yeah. have been talking about how smart this was for the league. This is why I think the rules committee could look at some of these other things like the Euro foul and say, hey, the Euro foul right now is smart. It makes sense to stop a fast break. Yeah. But who that watches a basketball is like, ooh, I hope there's no fast breaks tonight. 
I hope somebody doesn't dunk at the end of this yeah. transition play. Yeah. And the same with fouling up three. I put this out on Twitter the other day, and, and uh, it was very split. Some people are like, hell yeah, Adam. Some people were like, it's dumb. But who at the end of game, if you're watching a game that you have no rooting interest for, who wants to watch a team just foul back and forth at the final 30 seconds? Oh, no, yeah, if you're no. up, if you're down three, you want to see a team have an opportunity to tie it because that it, that's what you want to see. Greatness, some great play, great shot making. So get out, get rid of any rule that slows the game down in an artificial way and takes away from the drama and excitement and talent that that is should be the showcase of basketball oh i'm so in the nba is in a good place parody there's all kinds of stuff happening that was adam mars's five favorite things as locked on nba guys go listen to locked on nuggets great stuff all the time about your denver nuggets nikola Jokic. go listen to locked on mavs great stuff about luca every single day guys thanks so much for listening to locked on nba oh.